for decades, films with minority actors have not been made based on the assumption that these movies don't make money. That's why white women like Elizabeth Taylor ended up playing the Queen of Egypt in 1963. And why even today, Lady Gaga and Angelina Jolie are rumored to be in the running for a remake. For years, Hollywood directors have said that they can't cast black or brown lead actors because it would be a financial mistake. No one would pay to see a movie that didn't have white leads. But a Northeastern business professor had a hunch they were wrong. From News at Northeastern, this is Litmus, a conversation with Northeastern University's groundbreaking researchers. We connect what's going on in their labs to what's going on in your life. We're News at Northeastern reporters Emily Arnson and Aria Bracci. I'm a huge movie nut. This is Venkat Kupaswamy. In 2015, he was working on a research project with a guy named Pete Yunkin about racial bias and crowdfunding. And one night, he remembers... So literally, this was like the day or two after the Oscar So White controversy. The Academy was receiving a lot of backlash for only nominating white actors. And I was, I was on the phone with my co-author, Pete. And I'm like, hey, Pete, you hear this thing? I mean, he's like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I'm like, yeah, well, that's an actual research question, don't you think? Pete did, and so they spent the next few years trying to disprove an old racist Hollywood myth. Venkat looked at ticket sales for 925 American movies from 2011 to 2016, and he found that films with a single black actor performed the same in box office sales to those with all-white casts. Okay, but not only that, films with two or more black actors actually do better at the box office than movies without any black actors in the principal cast. The principal cast meaning the top six billed actors in the film. We compared how a movie with two more black cast members did in a markets with a large black population, and we compared how a white movie did in the same cities. So if, if white audiences were deterred by diversity, then you'd expect a huge drop in turnout potentially, in those cities in particular. What we found is that white audiences were quite agnostic, honestly, regarding race. They didn't react favorably, but importantly, the assumption was that they would react very negatively. And we found absolutely no evidence of that. Uh, what we did find evidence was that minority audiences, Hispanic groups, black populations, any non-white population would come out in droves, really, and really boost up the uh, box office. So the assumptions all over the place were wrong. Surprised to hear that? Venkat was. Initially, I thought I had run something wrong. I was like, wait, did I do something wrong? Pete, can you see my numbers? Check my numbers. Then we were like, oh, th- this is real. But then when we saw diversity premium, we were like, wait a minute, what? Really? This diversity premium refers to the financial benefit of having two or more black actors in the principal cast. It's important to note, though, that this diversity premium was only found for black actors, not other minorities. We didn't really find a diversity premium with other races. We didn't find a boost when it comes to Hispanic or Asian audiences, likely because there weren't that many movies where you saw a lot of Asians or a lot of Hispanic individuals in the cast, despite the fact that these races comprise a huge proportion of the 
ticket-going audience. There just aren't enough movies made with other minority lead actors to find any trends. And if you're listening to this, getting all defensive on behalf of white movies, relax. No one's saying movies with multiple black leads are better, per se, than movies with an all-white cast. They just make more money, regardless. And when you actually look at the Rotten Tomatoes score for movies with two more black cast members and, you know, all-white cast, there's no real difference there. There are some pretty crappy diverse movies and some pretty crappy non-diverse movies as well. But overall, they tend to have a similar quality. Uh, It's the reception to them that's quite different. So even if movies receive similar critical acclaim, movies with multiple black leads will make more in ticket sales. And for a lot of people, this is surprising considering Hollywood's track record of overwhelming whiteness. Well, I'm here at the Academy Awards, uh, otherwise known as the uh, White People's Choice Awards. But the more interesting question is why? What does this really imply about Hollywood at a time when directors would still rather cast Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell than an Asian actress? As a researcher, Venkat can only speak to what he sees in the numbers. He can only say for sure that diverse movies do financially better than non-diverse movies. But as a person I was interviewing, he had some theories about why this was the case. So even though minorities literally represent a minority of the population, they almost represent more than 50% of the ticket-buying population. Venkat can only speculate, but he thinks diverse movies might do better because they reflect the stories and experiences of the people who go to see them. And he realized in order to properly represent a diverse audience, it's not enough to only have one black lead. Even if you cast that one diverse actor in the lead role, it doesn't matter. And so it's, it's not about salience, it's just about numbers uh, and realism. In his paper, Venkat cites a social experiment that explains why a movie needs at least two black leads to be perceived as diverse. This is kind of consistent with some other research that's shown that, for example, when you have one woman on the board, uh, like a corporate board, people kind of think it's somewhat diverse. But when you have two women on the board, people are like, oh, wait, it's really diverse now. We have a lot of women here. So there's this thing about having two or more of any particular uh, subgroup that really makes that subgroup pop. Venkat says it's all about being realistic, and you need more than a token black lead to do that. Mm, Okay, that makes sense. But what about movies with only one black lead, but the lead is, like, really good? Like I Am Legend, after his family dies at least. We explored the Will Smith effect, or the Denzel effect, where there's basically an all-white cast except for the lead who is Will Smith-like, or like a, a bona fide star. So... Even if the primary leads of the movie are black, but they're the only you know, sources of diversity in the movie, it's not going to work. Uh, these movies tend to be received very similarly to all-white casts. You need two. Venkat tested for so many different factors. Star power, critical acclaim, how many theaters the movie showed in, how much money was spent on advertising for each movie, the season the movie showed in. We all know summer movies suck. Uh, They looked at the production budget, the genre, the movie's runtime, the director's reputation, whether or not the movie was a sequel. The research is thorough. But Venkat and Pete did another experiment. He took a group of 2,000 people, mostly white men under 35, and presented them with hypothetical movie plots and cast lists. They were shown two plots. One was an action film. The other was a romantic comedy. And then they were shown three cast lists. 
one all-white cast, one cast with a single black lead, and one cast with two black leads. The results found that people preferred diversity in action films and were indifferent to diversity in romantic comedies. Again, he can only speculate why. We are very cognizant of checking romantic genres because in the past, sometimes audience goers might have a different reaction to seeing diversity, especially interracial couples uh, on the screen. So we looked at that and we, we found slightly less positive results when it came to uh, romantic films, but again, no negative result. It, it, the worst was neutral, which is good. But the history of interracial couples in America is another story for another time. All Venkat knows is that overall, people either prefer or don't care if a movie has a diverse cast. And to get to these conclusions, Venkat asked participants lots of questions, like, how likely are you to recommend this movie to a friend? So we wanted to know what Venkat would recommend to us. Yeah, I guess yeah. on that thread, what are some of your favorite movies? Oh, Get Out, by far, I think... I don't, I hate to say this, I love Creed. I just thought Creed was great. And I haven't seen Creed 2, but uh, I really like uh, Brian Coogler. So Creed 1 is going to have a special place in my heart. It just so happened that Creed 2 was in theaters. So Aria and I left work a little early one day. Oh, we're going to have some great ambient sound of the crowds <laughs> at the Monday afternoon showing. Oh, I think there are a total of three <laughs> people. Three people, wow. I love that no one cared that we brought microphones into a movie theater, but anyway. Now, enjoy the show at AMC. We should get the credits, too. So for context, Creed 1 and 2 are spinoffs of the Rocky movies from the 70s and 80s. Uh, stick with me for a second. So in the first Rocky movie, Apollo Creed beats Rocky. And then in the fourth movie, Apollo Creed dies in a fight with this other boxer, Yvonne Drago. But before he dies, he has a son, Adonis Creed, who grows up to be a boxer. And meanwhile, Yvonne Drago also has a son who you guessed it, grows up to be a boxer. So anyway, fast forward to Creed 2, and Ivan Drago's son challenges Adonis to a fight, and Adonis agrees, partially to avenge his father. Oh, and Adonis is black. Well, one thing that I was thinking about was that it didn't talk about race. Yeah. And the only real mention of that was like that weird back and forth. That was so <laughs> weird. We're talking about this scene where Rocky is asking Adonis what he's going to name his baby. And Adonis says Amar and Rocky's like, oh, you should name her Kate or Becky. And Adonis is like, no, she's black. And then they're like, har, har, har. And in his head, Sylvester Stallone is like, wow, I'm a genius. I'm so woke. But also like, who wrote funny. that? I know. Who wrote I know. I want to know who wrote a lot of this. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone wrote a lot of it. And it was directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who's black. Ryan Coogler directed the first Creed, but when it came time to direct Creed 2, he was working on another movie, Black Panther. One of the biggest predictors of a diverse movie is having a, a non-white director. Th that takes a decade or so, but hopefully if you kind of nurture filmmakers throughout the process, you do have those great directors. You have the next Spike Lee, you have the next Ryan Coogler uh, out there making more diverse movies. Venkat thinks we'll start to see more movies with plotlines that don't necessarily call for diversity, but have a diverse cast anyway. 
Like, hopefully we're past this idea that 12 Years a Slave is the only type of diverse movie that can win Best Picture. Yeah, that was one of the other ways that I was trying to see, like, how this would project into the future. Like, you could have a comedy about friends be cast by literally anyone. It doesn't, it's not specific to Absolutely. Like, and I think you are seeing that. For example, Game Night uh, was a comedy that came out pretty recently. It had some diversity in it, and I don't think that would have necessarily been the case 10 years ago. And it certainly wasn't the case 43 years ago when the first Rocky movie came out. Maybe I'm just a pessimist, but it's a little disheartening and at the very least annoying that as a society, we still need extensive research like Venkat's to prove that people want to see movies with diverse casts. But Venkat has a more positive take on it. Based on everything I had read in the literature and what I've heard is that this group might not like diversity. And I just saw no evidence of that. It kind of made me feel good, honestly. I was I had more faith in humanity. Special thanks to Venkat Kubaswamy, Assistant Professor of Entrepreneurship and Innovation. Sound engineering by Arya Bracci, Emily Arnson, and Anthony Polito. Our editor is David Filipov. From News at Northeastern, this is Litmus. We're News at Northeastern reporters Emily Arnson and Arya Bracci. Talk to you next time. Oh, that's better. Okay. <laughs> we know how to use this. <laughs> I think okay. it was, I think it was in 1963. We're about to see Creed 2. Neither of us have seen Creed 1, but we've both seen Rocky. I have no. No? In 2015, he was working on a research project with a guy named Pete Yonkin. Yonkin. Yonkin? Wait, wait, wait. <gasps> Are you still rolling? No. Yeah. No, it's not. That is. No. No, it's not. Pete Yonkin. Wait. Yon- Yonkin? Are you still recording? Emily, what do you I think? It's why is it not showing? The okay, wait, I'm just gonna start over just in case. I'll do it one more time because this is a lander. It's gonna be weird. I'm